Okay, welcome to the show. Get your coffee or whatever is in yours because we are going to rock and roll literally with the guest I'm so excited to have on, Brandon Heath from Nashville, Tennessee. Oh my gosh, wait till I tell you about him. But just a minute, I have to thank Betty Ryder for this cool jacket. I get to wear her clothes. It's just awesome. Otherwise, I would run out of buying different outfits, wouldn't I? Okay, let's get started. Brandon Heath is here from Nashville. Yes, he is remotely, but you know what? People know Nashville for its reputation, right? For famous and the best of the best country music artists. And Brandon is one. He's no exception. He's a star musician, songwriter, singer. And if you haven't hit, heard some of his hit songs, I'm going to ask him to play one few bars today. So stay tuned. But what I want you to know ahead of time is this show is really special because Brandon has won all the awards. He's won the New Artist of the Year. He's won Make Vo Male Vocalist of the Year. He's won Song of the Year. And he's got so many award-winning uh, recordings and albums and many, many more. So I just want you to know how I got Brandon to be on the show, someone of this caliber. Not easy. Yes, it was, because he's so authentic. Brandon was hosting an event that I went to called Young Life, and I simply had an urge. It's like something pushed the back of me to go backstage and ask him if I could find him, would you be on the show? Well, guess what? He was right there all alone talking to a waiter, and I simply went up and asked. You know what? There's a message there, people. Don't ever be afraid to ask. Important people put on their pants one leg at a time, just like we do. He smiled when I told him the name of the show, doing it right, and what it was about. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great one. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. All right, I'm just going to say welcome, Brandon, from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for having me, Valerie. Good to be here. <laughs> you know, oh, there's so many questions that I know most of them you have been asked before, but let's see if I can stump you. First of all, thank you for being on the show and, and for hosting Young Life. That was a wonderful event, and you were gracious to do so. I want to start mm -hmm. with asking you about your current album that you launched, Enough Already. Um, in that, you said something that I wanted to uh, get some more information about. You said, you know, God, give me your eyes so I can see me the way you see me. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Give Me Your Eyes was uh, is arguably um, a career song for me. It came out back in 2008, was um, a big number one for me. And so a lot of people would know me for that song in in Christian music, um, but uh, it, it kind of took on new meaning. So, so originally that song was, God, give me your eyes for people. Give me your perspective and your love for human human beings. And um, because often I, I find myself 
busy and caught up in life and I don't see people. Um, and so I was really, it was a prayer. I was asking him for his perspective, but um, in this season of my life, it was really more about God, give me your eyes for me. How do you see me? Uh, what is my identity in you? And so, you know, my, my old hit um, had a new meaning for me and I'm, I'm really thankful for that. You know, every one of your songs, Brandon, has real meaning, even in just the title. Um, and the one that you sang at the event, I really <clears throat> touched me. I'm not who I I'm not who I was. Mm -hmm. uh, did I say that right? I'm yeah, not, you said it right. Not who I was. Yeah, I'm not who I was was um was actually my, my first number one, but um before I wrote it, I or when I wrote it, I, I didn't have a record deal or a publishing deal at the time. Um, and it was just a song that, that came from my heart. Um, so the fact that it connected so well, the very beginning of my career was, was a, um, it was permission for me to be vulnerable and honest. And I'm, I'm so glad that you connected with that song, Valerie. Mm, I really did. And many people did. I looked at all your chats and people are just touched by your music. And that simply means that you are doing exactly what you're here on this earth to do. So um, tell us about your journey to be where you are now. How did it all start? I don't know where to start. Um, I, I was very fortunate to, to grow up in Nashville. Um, I was born in, and raised in Nashville. My mom and dad were not in the music industry, um, but they're both uh, from Nashville or Middle Tennessee. So um, I grew up around music. Um, and we were certainly fans of music in the house, but it, it was always the language that I spoke and connected with the most. And so there was really no plan B for me as far as what I was going to do with my life. I, I, I wanted to be a musician. I, I remember even being in second grade uh, singing for show and tell and just thinking, well, this is what I want to do with my life. And mm -hmm. so I, I believe very much that God was paying attention. I think he, he really wants our desires like we want our desires. I think he, he delights in giving us those little dreams um, that we have. So um, I found myself getting a publishing deal um, right, out, right out of college and um, started recording. Um, I didn't know for sure if I wanted to be a Christian artist because I, I grew up on country and pop music and I still love like if I sit down to write a song with my guitar like by default I write a country song but my faith means a lot to me and so that's what I write into my music um I've had a lot of success thankfully over the years um and then I got married uh in 2014 um so I've been married for eight years to a beautiful uh bride her name is uh CB and we've got two little girls Palmer and Elliston. And um, so it seems like now in my career, even though I've, I'm, I'm able to still make music, there's different priorities for me now. So um, I'm, I'm loving being a dad and, and I often now, you know, still writing music, it shows up in my, in my music. So one of your top takeaways that I always ask uh, my guests to send is that kids are the best teachers. What have you learned from your two little ones, Palmer and Elliston? Well, um, I'm certainly learning about patience and humility. 
Um, <laughs> and that's just, you know, and, and being around them because, you know, kids can, they're both, well, one's a toddler and one is four. So not quite adolescent yet, but um, certainly learning about who they are and the boundaries that they want to push. And so, um, you know, it, it's kind of like holding a mirror up to yourself when you're around your kids. But they're also really great teachers. Um, they're both in a, um, a, a little school uh, not far from where we live um, called St. Um, Bartholomew's. And they come home often with uh, scripture or uh, little lessons that they've learned. And um, I really try to pay attention. Sometimes I get good song ideas from them uh, because I think there's something about innocence and mm. um, just being wide-eyed with the world and being open to learning that I think we as adults, we forget how to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself paying a lot of attention to them these days. Well, paying attention to our kids is so important today. We're in a world where there are so many pulls in so many directions. If you had one wish for your kids growing up in the environment that we're in, and let's face it, it's, it's difficult. It's probably one of the most difficult times they could be growing up mm -hmm. in. So how are you even now at this age, preparing them for the world in which they will face? Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that I think my wife and I agree on um, wholeheartedly is that we want them to learn things from us before they, they learn them from other people. And so uh, we, we talk about harder topics uh, in, our, in our house. And I mean, we're, we're already talking about the birds and the bees, which it, it seems kind of early, you know, when they're three and four, but it seems early and earlier these days that they get uh, exposed to things like that. Yeah. Also, uh, when it comes to that topic, not, not treating it with shame, but uh, treating it with openness, you know, and not being shocked by uh, the questions that uh, little uh, girls and boys ask their parents about, um, their bodies. And so we, we think that we're created beautifully by God. And so those are the things that we're teaching them. Um, and then we're teaching them how to love our neighbors. You know, mm. um, I think God really kind of gives us a great commandment when it says to love him and to love others. So we're just kind of following that, um, that lead with faith, hope, and love, uh, of how to, how to love our neighbors and, and how to love God. So, I think if we do that well, then we've got a, a good leg up on the rest of their life. Pretty foundational, isn't it, Brandon? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I well, think so. Let's get back to your music. You talked about writing it. So I'm curious if you come up with the music first or the lyric, you know, what kind of a mindset is going on in that brilliant mind of yours when you come up with a new song? Well, thanks for calling it brilliant. Um, <laughs> I could probably demonstrate for you. Uh, you mentioned earlier, um, I'm not who I was. I, I just had that phrase in my in my mind. You know, I was I come from home from work, and so I think I I probably had a melody going in the car, um, but then I just started playing the guitar, just playing a series of chords. And then yeah, I just often will tell a story. And I, I usually love to start from the beginning of a song. 
I wish you could see me now. I wish I could show you how I'm not who I was. Used to be mad at you, little on the hurt side too, but I'm not who I was. So I'm kind of telling the story, you know, um, and uh, it, I usually try to just keep it very uh, free flowing and not not edit until later um, because I think editing can sometimes make us it can kind of block the creativity. So um, so I just kind of like free free thought uh, what I want to say, and that's often how it will happen. You know, I will edit once I've got the song written. Um, but I like to keep, just keep the creative doors open and, and see how God wants to lead in, in the song. Well, that song just, I don't know, for me, when you sang that one, it just went all over me because we're always growing. Hopefully we're growing in the right ways, doing it right. And so if we are, then we leave the old you behind and we're always evolving into a better you and that's what mm -hmm. that's what i got out of the song thank you for that love it oh i could ask you to sing a lot thank more you. but i want to ask you a lot more <laughs> question um i have to ask you what do you like to do in cooking we talked about cooking yes <laughs> well um this time of year when it gets chilly outside um i love to get my smoker going uh, I have a, a big green egg, so there's a little plug for big green egg. Um, my wife actually got it for me when we were uh, engaged um, uh, our first Christmas together. And so uh, I, I have learned um, how to do a good brisket, um, how to do ribs, and um, probably my favorite thing to smoke um, is a turkey, which uh, we do every year, this year included. Uh, it's a family favorite, and um, I, I, I try I try it a little different every year. Um, and this year, I'm doing a, a dry brine. I've always kind of done a wet brine, but um, yeah, I just I like experimenting, and I love cooking for my family. It's 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 usually like an all day project, which drives my wife crazy. But um, the um, the end product is usually worth it. How I fun! And I bet it's kind of a, for me, cooking is kind of a release. It's kind of like just get in the kitchen or get on your egg and let your mind go away for a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's another form of creativity, I think. Um, you know, it's it's a process. I, I'm not really where I, I can improvise much in cooking. Uh, I definitely follow instructions or you know, uh, forums that you find online of people that uh, other people that like to cook um, on uh, um, the big green egg or on smokers. So I'm experimenting with different hardwoods and uh, just different um, smoke profiles. And we could we could talk for like an hour about this. <laughs> so I, won't, I won't bore you with it, but it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Fun. That's what life's about. That's super good. Well, that reminds me of another thing that you shared about um, your top your top lessons learned and one of them is that creativity that's what you're talking about in cooking but certainly in your work that it takes discipline mm -hmm. so discipline for me may look different than discipline for you what does it look like for you Brandon yeah you know um, 
a lot of times creativity, um, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't get a lot of credit as far as being, uh, creativity and productivity, I guess, mm -hmm. are, uh, sometimes in different categories, people kind of see creativity as a pastime. Um, but it, it is, for me, it is the thing that fuels, um, my enjoyment of life. Um, I just love being creative and what I'm, what I'm doing, but, uh, you have to be disciplined, I think in it. Um, mm -hmm. and I think creativity is really for everybody. I don't think it's just for the creative mind. You know, mm -hmm. I think everybody needs a little time for creativity, but it, it takes some discipline. It takes, um, just time to set aside, uh, to enrich yourself with a little creative exercise, whether it's songwriting or painting or cooking, as we were talking about. Um, I believe that God is the ultimate creator. And uh, for me, it's a, it's a way to connect with God, to be, cre be creative like he is. Um, and so um, I think it's one of those disciplines that we, we have to make time for. Uh, and even for me, when it's you know time to write a song, I have to make sure that I, I sit down long enough um, to, to really get out the thought that I want to portray or convey. Um, so in, in that way, it takes some discipline too, just to see it to the end. So um, yeah, it's not, it's not just a pastime. I think for, for some people, um, it should be a priority to be creative. At least it is for me. Yeah, and, and just to add to that, Brandon, so what is creativity maybe to other people? It's, it's this is my thought, it's what feeds your soul. You know, what really mm -hmm. brings you joy because that's probably what you have some creativity around. So I encourage my audience to think about that. What is it that feeds your soul? What totally is, agree with that. You know, I think one thing that we um, these days have a hard time doing is we kind of feel guilty if we're creative or like it's a waste of time or whatever. Um, for, for a lot of us, we, we are uh, entertained a lot. We're amused. And um, so uh, amuse, that word comes from, um, it's actually not thinking. <laughs> so to muse, to muse is to think, to amuse is to turn off your brain. Um, and so, um, I think musing is one of those things that is a lost art. And, uh, I think God really wants us to have space to think and to meditate and, um, to think about, you know, all the things that he has created. I think it's a, it's an important exercise. Good advice. You know, Garth Brooks, uh, when he did his, um, video on his kind of biography, he, he had a visual <clears throat> I will never forget. He said, you know, things can be a blessing or a curse. You see that? A blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. So in show business, is it what you thought it would be like? The blessings and the curse. Yeah. Well, for, first of all, I'm a huge Garth fan. So I love that you're bringing up Garth and I've seen that biography. It's, mm. it's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I might see it a little different. Um, I don't know that things are always a curse. It doesn't seem as, as black and white as a blessing or a curse. 
Um, not to say that Garth is, is wrong about that. I think I just see it differently. You know, I think it's a little more gray. Um, uh, and to answer your question, is it what I thought it would be? It kind of is, honestly. Mm. Um, maybe I had the luxury of growing up in Nashville um, and just being around people who do it for a living, seeing that they're real people. Um, but um, incidentally, I, I used to see Garth when I was a kid. My, um, my friend Troy, his dad, recorded Garth. And I was a big Garth fan, um, but when I saw him in the studio, I realized he's, he's just a guy, you know? <laughs> and I think that was helpful for me, um, not to idolize people so much. I, th I think there's one thing about allowing people to influence you, but I definitely had old Garth on a pedestal. Um, and I still look up to him and, uh, but, I, but one of the things that was so cool about Garth is that he was very down to earth and he was always genuinely kind to people. And so that's one way that I've tried to model my life, even with fame is to be really genuinely kind to people. And I think that's kept me grounded. And, um, you know, you hear nightmare stories about the industry and, I got to be honest, I have very few nightmare stories, um, very few, mm. none of which I will talk about <laughs> on this interview. <laughs> um, but for the most part, people are pretty genuine. Um, I know in the Christian music industry, um, we have to pull from our human experience to write these songs. And so um, we're all broken people uh, writing about our experience with God and um, how good he's and faithful he's been. So I've had an amazing experience. So I think, I think if, it, if anything was surprising is that it's not as awful as people make it out to be. That is so good to say. Wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, on that note, Brandon, one of the other things you mentioned is that sometimes forgiveness <clears throat> takes time. I'm curious about that statement you gave me. Yeah, you know, from the beginning of, of me writing songs, I, it's always been a burden of mine to, to write and to sing about forgiveness. Um, my dad passed away five years ago mm. this year, and um, there was some... There wasn't any unfinished business between the two of us. We, we had kind of talked about everything and addressed everything. Um, but there was some forgiveness that I still needed to give my dad. Um, my dad, unfortunately, um, divorced my mom when I was a kid. And um, it, it kind of left a scar on me. And uh, I forgave him. You know, the capital F forgave uh, back when I was in college. I just released him of everything. But I, I think I made a mistake to think that I was just done with it, mm. um, that it wasn't still going to wound me a little bit, um, him leaving when I was a kid. So I've realized that I need to give myself a little grace, mm -hmm. that I'm not going to be perfect if, at forgiving and just letting somebody off the hook, you know, um, that I need to forgive him um, over and over again. And uh, so I think it's like God says, um, Sometimes it, it takes seven times, 70 times, you know? Um, I think God is really the only one that can be one and done. 
with Jesus, you know, or through Jesus. I think for us, it's more of a process and we have to a little at a time forgive people. So um, that's something that I've learned recently that um, I'm giving myself a lot of grace on that um, forgiveness is not one of those things that is, is done perfectly the first time you have to do it a lot and, uh, and practice it a lot. You know, I really appreciate that. I don't think there's anyone watching or listening that doesn't really appreciate that. So thank mm. you. That's a, that's a different perspective of forgiveness and a right one, uh, a right one. And the other thing I'm curious about, and maybe it has something to do with this com conversation too, but you talked about it's okay. In fact, it's good to have counseling or therapy, that it's worth mm -hmm. every penny. Is that something you've experienced? Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I started to go see a, a therapist um, about five years ago. Well, maybe maybe longer than that. <clears throat> it's been a while. But I know for a long time there was a stigma. Uh, there has been a stigma around telling someone that you go to therapy or that you're in counseling. Um, and for me, I just, it's made a huge difference in my life. You know, there's people who, who study and go to school um, uh, and practice a lot. Um, the questions to ask, to, mm -hmm. to get in a little bit deeper than just, um, uh, you know, a shallow conversation. Uh, and they understand trauma. They understand um, things that we have uh, experienced as, ch as, uh, as children that have made an impact on us as adults mm -hmm. um, that maybe we have not really learned how to process or to, um, or to understand. And so we've just done the best we can with coping with it. And coping is one of those things that um, all of us do, but um, I, I, I think I, I, I've not done a very good job of coping with pain from my past. So thankfully I've had great therapists, um, multiple therapists over the years that, um, that I've really been able to sit down with and trust that's one thing about therapists that a lot of people don't know is that they are, you know, they're confidential. So you can yeah. literally tell them anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, how many people do we know outside of our spouses or our best friends um, that we can talk to and just say anything? Mm -hmm. There's there's very few people that we feel the freedom to do that. And I just think it's really important to have somebody like that, that you can, um, who's either a licensed therapist or someone that you trust. So it's, it's been a, a big game changer for me. And I've learned that I'm not nearly as alone as I thought that I was. <laughs> and it's also helped me um, communicate with other people uh, with compassion, even in my songwriting, um, to write about my own healing process. And, and that ultimately is what has helped me to connect with other people. So I'm really grateful for uh, my, my therapists and the things that they've helped me uncover in the way that it's it's helped me in my songwriting. We're always evolving, aren't we, Brandon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm not evolved. I am evolving. <laughs> yeah. So of all the songs you've written, do you have a favorite? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what day you ask me. Um, that song that I played for you earlier, I'm Not Who I Was, is, is still probably my favorite because it's still, 
um, very true for me. Um, I have a new favorite that I haven't recorded. Um, I could sing a little bit of it for you. Oh, if you good. want to hear it. Um, I haven't recorded this one yet. Um, it's called Gospel Truth. I was just thinking, did I turn out to be who I wanted to be when I was dreaming? Back when I was 16, back when I met Jesus, how it felt in my heart to know that God was love and how it really sees us. I still believe it. Just because I'm a believer doesn't mean I don't forget that my heart is a deceit. There's doubts in my head, but I belong to a redeemer who's not finished with me yet. I could break it all and he'd make it all new. That's the gospel truth. That's the gospel truth. So I wrote that song um, with a good buddy of mine, Luke Laird, who uh, lives four doors down from me. Um, during the pandemic, we weren't seeing a lot of people like at the very beginning, you know, and, uh, I went over to his house and we were able to write this song. Um, and it was just good to be in the same room with somebody, you know, mm -hmm. um, and collaborating. So I love co-writing songs. And, um, so I wrote that with my good friend, Luke Laird. Thank you for that. That's a real treat. Something that hasn't been out there yet, Brandon. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of friends, how many do you have, really? <laughs> well, how many do I have, really? I'm scared to say that. Um, <laughs> so I have a, a group of guys that I meet with. Um, we meet on Monday nights and there are six of us and uh, we've been meeting since 2005. Um, I don't even know the math on that, I guess 11 or 12 years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, coming into my forties, we're all, we're all in our, our mid forties. So we're, we're starting our midlife and along with midlife comes uh, crisis Right. And, uh, you know, it's been a, a, a pleasure um, to walk through life with, with guys in that phase of life where we're starting to experience death and loss and um, things that we, 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 in our younger days, were enough. And now um, that we're, we've got children and spouses, they're just not quite enough, you know? Um, those old coping mechanisms are not quite working for us anymore. Mm. And so it's really about getting real with each other and not having any secrets. And, you know, I don't think you can have a lot of people like that. I don't think everybody needs to know all the stuff, but I think having a few, even the way that Jesus um, chose the 12 disciples and even within the 12 disciples, they were the, the few that he was really close with. Um, I think that's great and a great example for all of us on how to live. And uh, I've certainly found those people in my life, and I'm really grateful. That's probably one of the most important things that any of us can have, which is just that, our friends that we know. Authentically, there's that word again, authenticity. 
mm-hmm. that we know to their core that they are real and they know to our core that we're real. And that's the only way we can get real with each other. Not networking groups. No. <laughs> There's a place for networking, but, you know, you can't yeah. live there. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not where you share your uh, your innermost thoughts, is it, Brandon? Your stuff. Yeah. Your, just yeah. your stuff. That's your stuff. That's correct. <laughs> the uh, the current album. Tell us how it's going, and uh, what's next. Well, uh, the current album uh, "Enough Already" came out in April, um, and we've already had a number one um, off of that record. Um, it's called uh, "See Me Through It," uh, which mm-hmm. came out this summer, and so uh, really grateful to have another number one um, under my belt. Uh, I've got a, a Christmas single that just came out with uh, my friend Tasha Layton. Um, so it's out now. If you're already li- listening to Christmas music, it's out. And uh, we're going to be doing a tour, um, actually playing a couple of shows uh, in the Texas area. Um, so uh, come and see us. It's, it's the K-Love Christmas uh, tour. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm touring all December. And then, uh, and then in 2023, um, I've got a couple of tours coming up. So staying busy, but also making a lot of time for family. So really grateful that I get to do music. That's great. And on the screen, you will see his schedule and his website and anything else you want to say before we close out, Brandon, to our audience that are, I'm sure, like I am, just sitting here mesmerized by all your good information and talents? Well, thank you. I, well, I want to say uh, thank you to you, Valerie, for having me on the show. Um, I know it's called Do It Right. Um, I don't know that I'm doing it right, um, but hopefully I'm doing it well. And uh, that's, that's what I want to hear when uh, when I get to heaven someday is that I, I, I did it well, you know? So um, uh, I, I just want to thank you for your time. And um, I really appreciate you introducing me to some of your, your loyal fans out there. And those fans are now going to be your fans, Brandon. Thank you so <laughs> much for taking the time and giving us your wisdom and singing for us. And, uh, Next concert you're here in Dallas, I'll be there on the front row going, hi, Brandon. <laughs> All right. I'll look for you. I'll look for you. All right. Thank you. And have a wonderful holiday season, Brandon. Thanks, Valerie. Okay. And now I always give a Valerieism, so let me share what it is today. It's really simple. If not you, then who? <laughs> Isn't that perfect for what we just talked about? If not you, then who? You know, too many times I find that when I'm talking with people at workshops, leadership workshops, or in executive coaching, they discount themselves. Well, I'm not good enough. Well, um, I can't go after that promotion. Well, I, 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 I. Well, you know what? Look instead inside and say, hmm, we, I got more going on than just me. And what I've got going on is who made me and who made me made me perfect for the right time in the right situation for the right path. So I'm just going to encourage everybody to stay the course, 
You may not be where you want to be right now, but I guarantee you if you stay the course and if it's something in your soul you know you want to do, can do, are competent to do, work or life, hang in there. It'll happen. Bye for now and see you next time. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.